Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. In this series, we continue to spotlight areas of the school our listeners have asked to know more about. In this episode, we find out more about STEM at Downhouse and the opportunities for girls to explore a number of opportunities relating to science, technology, engineering and maths. In this episode, our host, Simon Jones, speaks to Mr Charlie Littledale, Head of STEM, and pupils Charlotte and Alice, both in the lower sixth or year 12. So we're here today with Charlotte and with Alice and with Charlie. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Charlie, tell us a little bit about what your role is, first of all. I know that it's Head of STEM. I don't quite understand what that means, but tell me a little bit about what STEM is and what it means to be head of STEM. Yeah, so STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics. And my role is is to really build bridges between those different subjects so they're not taught in silo. So obviously when we look outside the window, it's all interconnected. And so the more that our students can appreciate that in the classroom, the more they're able to apply their knowledge when they move on outside of Downhouse. Okay, right. So, so you joined this role. As far as I know, this is a newly created role. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Tell me a bit of the background, if you know it, from before you took the position. Do you know why the school created the, that position? I think they felt that there was a, a demand both from students and parents for, for more interdisciplinary practice and really just to have more opportunities provided to the students to, to enrich their, their engagement with STEM and, and also, I suppose, to see what STEM looks like in a professional context. Right. Okay. So you're new to the role and new to the school as well? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's it's been a it's been a lovely uh, term and a half so far, but but very full on, just just as it should be. So term and a half. So you joined in September then? Yes, twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. And where were you beforehand then? Before that, I was teaching at a boys boarding school in the local area, um, which was uh, obviously aside from gender, a slightly different context in itself. It's more kind of sports focused. And so to be able to come to a school that, whilst it still very much values its sporting curriculum, it, it places more kind of emphasis on on academics and academic enrichment. Okay, all right. So just tell us a bit about your role here and the fact that you're also a science teacher, because, of course, STEM covers three other things outside of science. So how does that work, given that you're a science teacher and you're head of STEM? Yeah, a lot of it means highlighting who else can offer real value. To, to our initiatives. So uh, I, you know, although I feel confident in, in the four facets of STEM, there are lots of people that are far more expert than I am. And so it, it's, it's really mining their brains for activities and, and uh, initiatives that they feel will, will be of great benefit to our students. Okay. Well, we're going to be talking to two of your students right now, actually. So we've got Alice and Charlotte with us. Alice, first of all, hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Are you are you missing any subjects right now to, to do this recording? No, I'm not. So tell us uh, a little bit about how long you've been here at the school for, first of all. So I joined this year in September 2022. At the same time as Mr Littledale then? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. But it's been really nice to be here and I've been thoroughly welcomed by everyone. Out of interest, you chose to come here for sixth form instead of staying wherever you were how come the change i think i wanted a different environment for sixth form i was previously at a very academic school and i wanted to be able to continue that same level of academic work and enrichment but while having the opportunity to be in a more relaxed environment and with a wider range of extracurricular activities were you boarding beforehand as well no i wasn't i was at a day school 
Okay, so how are you how are you getting on then with that experience of boarding? I think boarding is absolutely brilliant. You get to do so much more in the evenings. There's a wider range of talks and lectures, and you can do lots more activities whether it's extracurriculars or going to other schools for events. Okay, right. So tell me a bit then about why why you're here talking to us on this subject of, of STEM. You're, you're here with, with Mr. Littledale uh, and with Charlotte. Why are you two? So I'm doing biology, chemistry and maths, so I obviously fit quite well under Quite snugly the, in there then. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm planning to study medicine at university, so again, carrying on STEM. So I think, yeah, I was just doing the right subjects and aiming for the right career path as well. And how are you finding these A-levels going? Because, you know, of course, you, you, made, the, you, you made this choice before you came to the school. Uh, sometimes people can start to do an A-level or a degree or, or any subject and then think, oh, this isn't quite what I expected it to be. Is it what you expected it to be? I think they're definitely more challenging than I expected, but a lot more interesting as well. And there's lots of advice on reading around the subjects which I enjoy because when you had nine ten or even eleven GCSEs there wasn't much time to delve deeper into specific areas that you were interested in so I think it's yeah it's definitely a big improvement on GCSEs. And how do you find the teachers helping you with with those subjects that you're doing? They're brilliant I mean definitely if you don't understand something they're able to explain it very well and the lessons are really engaging as well it's nice being in a small class where you can talk more openly with the teacher and find out more about specific areas you're interested in. Tell me about class sizes. You say small class size. I mean, how many how many other students or pupils are there in a class with you? So my chemistry and maths classes have maybe 10 or 12 of us, but I'm very lucky to have a biology class of only five. So you definitely get a lot more one-on-one -on -one help from the teacher in classes that are that small. And typically, what, what sort of help is that that you might need? Is it just sort of understanding something a little bit deeper? Yeah, I think definitely in a subject like biology, there's always more you can find out. And then I sometimes read an article or something that's relevant to the topic we're doing, but it's further knowledge that I haven't learned. So I can bring that to the lesson and ask the teacher to explain it in more depth. And is Mr. Littledale one of your teachers? No, he's not, but he um, <laughs> he does help me with the medical application process. So Alice was just saying that you're not one of her teachers, but nevertheless, you're still able to help her in different ways. Tell me more about how that works. Yeah, so um, if, we, if we look specifically at the Oxbridge and early application process, we have uh, a team of us here at Down that, that supports students throughout that. And that begins really just after Michaelmas term. So, so after Christmas break, we come back in January. And all those students that are looking either to apply for medical degrees or degrees at Oxbridge, um, they will have a subject specialist that mentors them and they will meet for, for tutorials once a week. And really the, the role of a subject specialist is to point students in the right direction, make sure that they're reading beyond the curriculum and also just supporting them to, to appreciate what sort of things would 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 give them greater weighting on, the, on their application. So what kind of work experiences would, would be a good fit? And it's lovely to see them in that different context. And so we, we, we have a pretty good track record of converting the, the number of students we have on that program to, to, to actual offers. But even those who, who aren't successful at the end of it, I think they still get, gain a huge deal from having been part of that program itself. I see. Okay, well, thank you for that. Uh, now we're going to find out from Charlotte what your experience is like. Hello, how are you? Hello. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm very good, thanks. Very good. And you're in the same year as Alice. Yes. <laughs> uh, so when did you join the school? I joined about three years ago, so the beginning of upper four, which is year nine. Okay, right. And you were at a different school beforehand, so you're boarding here as well? Yes. <laughs> and were you boarding at your last school? I did flexi boarding which means I boarded a few nights a week but I think it's been a great experience coming to a full boarding school and I think the level of academic enrichment and the range of extracurricular and supercurricular activities on offer is is amazing and I think it's brilliant to board and just have your friends with you and I think it's a great opportunity. What's it like at weekends when you're boarding here? I think it's really good because they do have a range of activities on offer and I think also what's important is they have time where you can like get your work done and I think for me that's really important I think especially doing my consolidation but also they, there's a lot of well-being activities in house which are really great to participate in. Actually this week I was at a reeling event Caledonian Society and we had a social at Eton which was a lot of fun so yes. Okay so tell me about the A-levels then that, you're, that you've chosen. So I do quite similar A-levels to Alice I do maths chemistry and physics and I think for me I'm not an essay person so I think for me suddenly doing A-levels is a massive relief refining down from nine ten subjects down to three it's it's a great opportunity to really delve deep into your subjects and I think for me engineering is something that greatly interests me so I think and I and I just love with science I think it's important that there's an element of like open-endedness with like in terms of sort of research but I think in terms of the sciences, I think it's nice how there is a right or wrong and it just gives me a sense it just gives it a sense of closure for me and I think and I think it's really fascinating as well. I particularly enjoy physics. I love sort of struck and I think it really relates to structural engineering, mechanical engineering. I really enjoy it. If, if in a strange world you can only do one A level, which of those three would you choose? Would it be physics? I think it'd probably be physics. I think what I really like about physics is how it really relates to the everyday, to every day. And I think it has loads of practical applications, particularly in engineering, but I think in many other fields as well. I think it's got a diverse range of applications, I think. Alice, if you could only do one A-level, which of your three would you choose? I think I would definitely choose biology. That links directly to why I want to apply for medicine. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely fascinated by the human body and how that works. I like the way that when both of you gave those answers, Mr. Littledale here was nodding away. <laughs> Alice, you say you want to go into medicine. Tell me more about why you want to do that. So I've got the cliche answer of I've known since I was a young child that I've wanted to go into medicine. A lot of my family are medics, so I've been surrounded by people working in the NHS. And I think it's just one of the most rewarding jobs you could have being able to help people when they need it and having the knowledge and putting it to a practical use. Very good. Great answer. The the other roles in your family, you mentioned NHS. Uh, tell me more about those. So my mum worked as a GP before she had children. And so she's got a lot of experience with that side of the NHS. And I've heard lots about how it's changed over the years and the current state it's in. And then I have another family member who works as a paediatric allergist. So I did some work experience with him and it was great to see from the doctor's perspective how they treat the patient and how they go about dealing with certain conditions. Good answer. Thank you for that, Alice. Charlie, it's great hearing the girls talking about this. How does it make you feel when, when, they're, when they're talking about science in this way, given that 
science is one aspect of STEM, but it's but it's your it's the part of STEM that's closest to you, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic. Normally, uh, you hope that your excitement about the the subject is sort of infectious to the students, but definitely working here at Down, it seems to work the other way. I, I tend to feel like I'm, I'm a pretty positive individual and go into the classroom with, with, with a lot of energy. By the end of the lesson, I, I sort of feel more energised having having spent the, the hour and a, and, a, and a quarter with them discussing things that they're interested about. That They're always incredibly eager to, to extend their knowledge and go beyond what's expected of them. They're certainly not here just to learn what's on the test. They, they appreciate that actually there's a lot of value in, in, in just being a, a, you know, a broader and lifelong learner. It's interesting hearing about these subject choices from Alice and Charlotte because, you know, these are subjects which are quite often associated with, with boys choosing them. And I'm thinking about some schools where where it's a co-ed, where there's boys and girls in the same school, where sometimes you get a majority of boys choosing, in particular, maths and physics. Whereas in a girls' school, there's there appears to be more of a freedom for, for girls, for the, for the people, to choose to do the things that really mean something to them, as opposed to falling into any stereotype. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, th- I think by, by us being... Um solely uh, a school for girls it gives them the opportunity to explore their interests without having to worry about i suppose fulfilling certain stereotypes that that others might might have uh, in mind for them we we certainly have a, a thriving physics enrollment where plenty of our girls go on and then it gives them that keenness to then to then want to apply for for uh, degrees that are that are affiliated with physics and and i think we we probably do a better job of that than some co-educational schools can do because the environment in which they're, they're providing there is is perhaps not um, one where it's quite as encouraging of, of their girls as, as we can be here. How important do you think it is that we have more women involved in science in the future? Oh, incredibly important. You know, it's 50% of humankind. And so actually th- th- those perspectives are incredibly important. Um, there are some really, really good books that I've read recently on this, Invisible Women being one, where suddenly having, you know, being a male myself of, of a certain era means that perhaps I've, I've been programmed to think in a certain way and, and, and having that turned on its head, suddenly you realise that actually you need, you need people from all walks of life and, and a great deal of diversity to tackle things efficiently because the way that I see it through my eyes is it, just one perspective and actually that's, that's an incredibly small percentage of, of or, or poorly representative of what exists out there. So tell me then about some of the things we can expect to come from the from the science department from STEM in the near future. There are plenty of things that are ongoing. So that would be you know your STEM clubs, your mathematics clubs. Um, but to give you a flavour of what's coming on for the remainder of Lent and also summer term, we have next week the STEM residency, which will take place in a lovely Murray Centre. And during that residency, we'll make sure that all facets of STEM are represented to make sure it's an authentically STEM event. And that will include guest speakers coming in. So we've got doctors, we've got programmers coming in. We, we even have uh, Johnny Ball making an appearance. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Because he lives in the local area, doesn't he? He lives in the local area. Um, I think he's pr- perhaps more of a lure for, for, for the staff than, <laughs> than, you know, in terms of the name than for the students. Um, but but I've seen him at work before and, and he's just fabulous. So, so he's going to be showing our younger pupils the, the magic of mathematics. We'll also have um, slightly more novel ways of getting getting our students to engage in STEM um, by having sort of st- static activities, different um, different games that they can play. And, and we'll be also 
uh, airing a couple of STEM related films. Again, you know, one to buy a pick on on Marie Curie. That that's that's really important to 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 make sure that girls see. Um, other women who who have have previously gone before them and and you know carved out really really significant roles in in STEM, and then we also have our, our annual uh, publication Origins that's coming out STEM magazine. This year we've had more of a focus on uh, interviewing professionals from um, from STEM sectors, and and what's been fabulous about it is I I am really just a bit of a sounding board or, or there if needed, but the students have taken a great deal of the responsibility and watching them at work, devising the questions, the way that they interview, um, the way that they're extremely confident just to pick the brains of these people without without worrying about the difference in age or the difference in, in you know, the responsibilities they have on a day-to-day basis. Um, so so I'm looking forward, you know, with relish to, to the final product for that. And finally, you know, we're now building up to a time where we have a lot of STEM outreach. So it's it's always a positive to go out to, to local schools and, and deliver workshops around STEM. And it enables those students to experience um, to experience some a side of STEM that perhaps they don't have access to because of facilities or, or perhaps expertise. Um, and and it also it gives them a glimpse of what it might be like to study here at Down, which hopefully that comes across as a, as a huge positive for them. Charlie, how did you get into this in the first place? I mean, is this something from when you were at school yourself? Uh, specifically STEM? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was always frustrated in a way that everything kept narrowing down, it kept funneling down. So, you know, you'd go, you'd go from GCSEs to A-levels, and that was fine because I could fit in all my STEM subjects there, I took the three sciences and mathematics. But then you go to university and then that becomes a little bit more narrow and specific. Uh, and then I went into research and then really you, you, you are very much in a tiny bubble where, you know, it becomes your whole world and maybe three or four other people on, on the whole planet and not, not a lot of others. Um, so then to, to come into teaching and not feel limited by that and not wanting to limit the students in, in, in that same way. It's been great. You know, when, when the role came up and was advertised, I, I jumped at the opportunity because it, it gives me quite broad scope to make sure that our students get those opportunities to experience th- those different subjects without us partitioning them as, as, as kind of separate entities. And you mentioned earlier that you often feel energised after an hour and 10 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes of, of teaching with the girls here. Tricky question, but how do you maintain that? You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, how do you, how do you keep that level of, of energy from one lesson to the next? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it is about being reflective in what you do and, and keeping up with, with what the current trends in pedagogy are. And, and so by continually developing my practice and diversifying what I'm doing, that, that means that even if I'm teaching the same subject area, it still feels quite novel. And, and and students are very good at, at letting you know when they think that something's a little bit old hat. How do they let you know when something is a little bit old hat? Well, perhaps I shouldn't repeat it. <laughs> no, it's not nothing too bad. But, you know, you, you can tell by the looks on their faces that perhaps they're not quite as stimulated as they might be. Thankfully, that doesn't happen very often at all. But, yeah, you know, even now we've got uh, online quizzes that we can use and tend to use that for the last sort of five minutes in, in lessons. And, and that used to be a really big thing and kids loved it, you know, it's students love 
doing their cahoots or their blockets. And even now in the space of sort of two years, it, you know, that's, uh, that's, you know that, that, that's what we used to do two years ago. And, and now it's all kind of new, you know, gym kits and whatever else. So, so that, that maintains a, a level of, of um, kind of engagement from me to make sure that it's not just the same stuff that's being served up. We are a Microsoft showcase school here. So, so as teachers, I feel very well catered for. And, and so there's not much excuse for me not to, to use all those kind of rich resources available. We're just coming to the end of this podcast episode. You just mentioned about being a Microsoft showcase school. Uh, what does that actually mean? I mean, perhaps it's a better question for um, for for our IT um, for our IT team. But but, but for, from my perspective, it, it it's it means that we have a certain level of expertise and know hows uh, know how using Microsoft products, mm-hmm. and um, they they provide uh, certain workshops and and CPD for us to make sure that we're using those those pieces of software to, to their fullest capacity. Mm-hmm. But it means that we our devices uh, are all Microsoft based. The interface that we use to to upload resources and, and interact with our students remotely, that's all Microsoft based. Mm-hmm. And and by it all being connected up in that way means that it is quite seamless and 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 helps us make sure that when when we're when we're instead of wrapping up, you know, like it used to be when we were at school, wrap up last five minutes a bit frantic. What what's the homework? You know, write it down, make sure that you've got everything, you know, in place that you need to. Now, not everything needs to be quite as panicked. And so we can, I can just say, don't worry, prep will all be posted up on Teams, have a look. And it comes with a submission date, where to submit, all the resources they need. And, and of course, then it, it also gives them another avenue to, to communicate with me without having to, having to actually collar me in person. Fantastic. Sounds very impressive. It really does. Charlie, we need to bring this to a close, but thank you very much for being here. It's been really good talking to you. My pleasure. And Alice, been great talking to you as well. Thank you very much. And Charlotte, great talking to you as well. Thank you. (laughs) So that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school's website, downhouse.net. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.